Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. So thanks again for joining me for another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. And the fact that you've clicked on this one, I am hoping that is because the fact that I'm dealing with a topic around finances and what I'm naming as financial shame, hopefully this is something that is curious to you and that by the end of this episode, you have got a really, really clear Um, clean action that you could take that will take you from financial shame to what I'm going to call financial dignity. And this whole episode is coming from a discovery call I had just recently with a really beautiful grinding gutsy lady. And what I mean by that is this woman um, was sharing with me that she was absolutely getting ready to get ready to retire but she had so much shame around getting some help to create a plan to actually work out how, in fact, she could do this. And she didn't, that, they're not her language. That's not her language. What she shared with me toward the end of our conversation, which got the, you know, the really dawning on me, the language that she was using was, I just feel too ashamed of how lack or how little we have at this stage in our life that I would even share it publicly with someone like a financial advisor because basically what she was saying is how could I be at this age and stage in my life getting ready to get ready to retire and I only have so little. And so because of what I and I and what I was really hearing in her voice was very much around this shame about I have so little and because she was ruminating about how little she had and she was stopping herself from creating a plan and a plan with her and her husband she was actually doing other behaviors that were going to stop her from getting where she wanted anyway she was finding herself getting quite down about it and like so much emotion around it and she was not having feelings, any control at all in her life around this. And so almost feeling trapped that the job that she still had, she would still have to continue to do right up to the age of um, a pension. And the, the, the biggest thing for me was just this distress that she was in. And so it got me thinking how many other women are out there um, who are at this stage in their life and they're holding themselves back because they just think it's hopeless where they're at, even though they may have decades ahead of them to recoup and claw back and start to build, you know, a really, really cool picture for their world and their chapters beyond retirement. So in this episode, I'm going to share three ways that financial shame could be showing up in your life because that's what I'm really on about with this episode. I want to be able to help you to identify 
is this what's going on for you? Then I'm going to share the number one tool that I used (laughs) to start to remove my financial shame. And this was an absolute game changer. So I'm obviously sharing my story around this and how it helped me and my husband and our relationship to start to go from grinding to gliding in this part of our life. And it was an absolute game changer. So I've actually also created a um, a really simple uh, download. So you can, um, there'll be a link in the show notes and you can click on that and immediately be able to get this download um, for this template. It is so simple to use um, and it will help you immediately start to go from shame to dignity around your finances. But the last thing I want to also share with you is um, what the next steps can be once you start to use this tool and why it's so important to get going with this. So as I said, the first thing I really want to start, oh, actually what I need to say at this point is I am not a financial advisor on any level. So what you're hearing from me is my own personal story and what I'm not sharing advice. I'm just sharing about my own tools that I've used in my life that have helped me to build a financial toolkit so that you know, I'm definitely gliding in life around this part of my life. So just putting it out there on no level is this financial advice. Um, you, you're going to hear from me toward the end. I'm going to ask you to seek it for yourself. <laughs> um, so look, one of the ways, the number one way that I think financial shame can be showing up in your life is if you are spending an inordinate amount of time ruminating about what you don't have. And particularly in the material space, like you don't have enough money, you don't have enough assets, you don't have enough full stop. And you may, as part of this whole process of ruminating like that, you are finding yourself comparing yourself with other people on a really, really, really unhealthy level. So not only are you thinking you don't have enough, it's because you're comparing where others are at or what you seem to think from what their lifestyle could be where they're at and just going, you're you're measuring yourself against other people and you're also measuring yourself against where you think you should be. And yet, ironically, I'll almost guarantee you don't even know where you're at and that's where this tool is going to come in. So if you find yourself that you are constantly ruminating, but I haven't got enough, but I haven't got enough, but you can't tell me right now exactly where your finances are at, like to the dollar, then this is why you will be sitting in financial shame and not in financial dignity. So is that where your thoughts go? And if they are constantly going there, I know that you will also be in some emotional habit loops that will not be serving you. I've had clients that have had financial um, shame that has been triggering them to be doing some crazy stuff, online shopping, crazy stuff around alcohol consumption, um, crazy stuff about doing a therapy, like that, those constant thoughts. And if you follow me and you know my whole world around my four laws to leveling up, one of the most important things is to clean up your crap. So there will be some unresolved trauma and background there that you have not owned and your story that you are telling yourself will actually be taking you down with this. Um, so that's number one. Are you constantly thinking about how little you have and um, comparing yourself and everyone else has got it all sorted and they've got so much more than me? Number one. Number two, 
if you've got financial shame brewing in your background, you will actually also be feeling incredibly out of control with your finances. It is very likely that while you're ruminating about not having enough, you don't feel you've got control about anything. You can't, you haven't put any steps in place to even identify where your finances are at. And um, basically, you're almost too scared. You've got major avoidance behavior here. You're too scared to start to put down on paper or even start to look at bank accounts or even, you know, you may be getting, um, having some real issues when, you know, um, letters rock up in the mail, for example, that might have a bank title on it. It's like, oh, my God, what's coming on here? Um, you know, you really are feeling so out of control about where this all is that your behaviour is also leading you to feel more and more out of control. And those who know I have the background of your thoughts lead to your feelings, your feelings lead to your actions, your actions lead to your results. So if you are not getting the results in your life or you are feeling out of control, you got to look at your thoughts because it's the thoughts that precede those feelings. And then the third thing that could be a real red flag for you that there's financial shame brewing is that your energy levels around life are probably lower than you would like them to be and they may be getting lower and lower. Now, there's a couple of contributing factors to this. When you are ruminating on negative thoughts, they take enormous amounts of energy. But also when you're ruminating in a very negative space and feeling out of control, and then doing behaviours that act against what is your best wishes and then you continue to go spiralling down and down, your energy levels just go anyway because you're spending so much energy to try and prop yourself up in such a negative space, you've got no energy for the stuff you really want in life. You're probably finding that you are withdrawing a bit and not wanting to do the stuff that you've always wanted to do. You've got no energy and motivation to look after yourself um, you may, this part of your life may be affecting other areas of your life. Um, I can't afford to go and, um, you know, do a gym membership, for example, if that's your bent or go and, um, go and do something that I know would be healthy for myself. And so all of a sudden you, you've got even less motivation and less energy to do that, but you also can't be fagged. And you're probably also finding that you, because you're feeling in such a low energy state, you're actually your food choices are not the healthiest either. And your other choices around you might be spending an inordinate amount of time watching Netflix or um, just not feeling energized and excited about life. And a, and a big part of that comes from the, a feeling of hopelessness that can definitely happen in this part of your life. So, if you've got either of those three things, um, like comparisonitis, as I've said, um, in order amount of um, time spent ruminating what you don't have, feeling out of control with your money and also just really lacking in energy, then I'm pretty confident that you have got elements of financial shame going on. And, and the really interesting piece around this is that without really starting to address this, the habits that can perpetuate with financial shame over decades, I find can be so debilitating 
gratefully for myself, my whole story of financial shame was only over a couple of years. And once I addressed it, and you're going to hear that story in a minute, it was very quickly I felt back in control and able to take power and control back about where we could move forward. And as I said, I'm going to share the number one tool that I think is so important to help you to go from financial shame to ultimately um, financial dignity. And the other word I was going to use there is financial pride, but there's a really big piece of ego that I see attached to the word pride. So I want dignity. I I want that feeling um, like the opposite of shame to me is dignity and feeling that you have power and control in your world. So this number one tool is um, like it is it is so simple when I share what it is and yet <laughs> simple doesn't equal easy. You'll have heard that on other episodes. And the reason it is simple but not necessarily easy because it is going to ask you to put your line in the sand. Now, humans have got this crazy part of their biology where doing something unfamiliar, and if you've been ruminating in a negative space, doing something that's positive is going to feel very unfamiliar. Or doing something that's unfamiliar because you've never, ever done it before is like putting alarm bells on you. And yet that's the paradox. That is what you absolutely need. You need to put a spoke in your wheel and stop yourself and put a line in the sand around the the element of financial shame. And a big piece is you do not know your numbers. And so the tool I'm talking about is simply creating your statement of position or your SOP. And I'll just share now my story. And um, it was after I had sold the pizza shops and um, my husband and I had left the farming business and we were living um, in our beautiful Toowoomba. We both had salaried positions and we'd had these roles for about, I think both of us combined for, you know, just over 12 months. And we were in our mid-40s, still educating our three children. And why we, while we had managed to claw ourselves out financially and get um, a new home and get back on the mortgage rail we're still educating kids privately and with our salary I I just personally felt that we were on this this I just couldn't see how we could get ahead and it was we weren't quite living um month to month but I suppose in an essence we were because we knew all of the expenses that were coming up all the time. And it just felt like we never had anything spare to go and do anything really cool with. And it's like, well, God, we're mid forties. When is this? We're meant to be the sort of people that would be starting to chip away or or complete a mortgage by now. So it was all that identity stuff that was really giving us some real issues. And when I say we, I'm going to confess here that it was more for me because in our relationship, um, you know, my husband is someone that didn't spend a lot of time ruminating about where we were at. He was happy to just keep going forward and I've always been the one that's been more the planner and the preparer and where are we at and how do we move forward. And so it was sort of more me ruminating going, I could see this picture ahead and it's like this is going to take forever to get to that point where we can choose to retire. So the best thing I ever did was rang up 
um, the we'd been we'd brought in a financial advising company, and I rang the head of the company and just said, "I've had a gutful here. I need a hand to work out. Um, we've got to get our budgeting in order. We've got to get something in order." Um, and the best thing that happened was the guy that owned the company said to me, "I want you to work with this other fellow in our business because he really loves budgeting." And actually, it's something he does in his personal life. And there's a real clue. If you're going to bring in a financial advisor into your life, um, please make sure it's someone who has got their own, you know, get really clear on what they're doing in their personal life as much as in their professional life. So the first thing this gorgeous man, Dan, said to me when we caught up for a, a meeting was he said, I- I'm not going to start with budgets with you. I want you to just do your statement of position. And I'm like, okay, what's that? (laughs) And of course, I'd been familiar with balance sheets and with profit and losses and all that sort of stuff. But in a personal sense, I'd never really seen our personal business and financial world in the same context as my business world. And that's exactly how I now see it. And that was the beginning for us. So we did our first statement of position in December of 2015. And what I mean by a statement of position is that we wrote down all of our assets, all the cash that we had on hand. You know, we had a home at the time, um, our cars, what were they valued at? Um, Every asset that we had, we wrote them all down. We didn't have any shares at the time or anything like that. But just basically write down, if we could dissolve anything into cash, what was that the current worth of them? And then in the bottom line of it, we actually have what are all our liabilities, So, you know, what was the debt we had against the house? What were any other personal debts we had? What were our credit card debt? Did we owe anything on the cars? And so taking away the liabilities from our assets, we had a bottom line, which was net worth. So if we we sold everything up tomorrow, there was this figure, there was this number, right? And this number was telling us this was our net worth. Now, I'm not going to share exactly what that number is with you all, but I can tell you now that that number was reasonably low, but it was such an illuminating figure because that number, um, basically by the end of 2022, sorry, end of 2021, so we did all of 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. So six years later, it had um, we had quadrupled that net worth. Now, I have to also disclaim that we've used property for that for our strategy. No, this is no advice to anyone. I'm just sharing what we used. And so we went through a massively big growth period with all of that. But we did a whole heap of strategies that got us to quadruple that. But I couldn't even tell you that that quadruple for us if I hadn't started on that first day in December and sat down and worked out what our statement of position was. And every single month, For the first five years, we were pretty much filling out a statement of position every single month. And that was the gold. That is the simple tool. And the download I've got from this episode that you can do is a really simple template, create your own. And what I'm going to share with you is it's one thing to do your first statement of position, but it's all the subsequent ones that is where the power grows. And what if yours doesn't quadruple? Well, who cares? What if yours actually does even better than that? That's super cool. What if it's less? But what is your number compared to my number? None of this matters. Remove the comparisonitis. It is the process 
that is so valuable with this. And I'm going to share why. Why on earth was the process of creating our statement of position so powerful? Two key, two key things. Number one, the number one reason that getting our statement of position on paper was we got our power back. It was like my husband and I were able to basically shine the light on exactly what our starting point was, not the starting point we thought we had, not the starting point that we wish we had, not not all these ifs and buts and maybes. It was like going out into the kitchen in the middle of the night, turning the light on and seeing the cockroaches, <laughs> which uh, they happen in other people's kitchens, don't they? Maybe? No, not in mine all the time. But what I'm talking about, it was putting a light on something that we felt and particularly I was really struggling with. That was my number, okay? And I could concretely create a plan around that number. So where are you at? Do you know your number? Are you paralyzing yourself and ruminating about this as my other beautiful grinding gutsy lady was because you don't even know your number? Are you, you know, is the story that you're creating around that number not even real because you don't even know your number? And that's the stuff. And this is the this is the suggestion I gave to this beautiful grinding gutsy lady. First thing, get your statement of position. And the reason, as I said, you're getting your power back is that you are actually getting back in control because you know your number. Because once we knew that number, we could actually start to make some choices. And it's amazing, once you actually know your number, you're dealing with something concrete, not something that's airy-fairy and out there, right? The second reason this is super important is it shows that you are serious about your financial, um, well, it's your financial wherewithal. And that is super important when you start to bring on a team. So if that number means that you need to get some borrowings to help you create it, and as I said, I'm not giving you any financial advice, but say you look at it and you know that you're going to need borrowings. When you go to a bank and you present your statement of position, which is exactly what we did in early 2016, their first reaction is one of, wow, oh my God, these people are serious. They are serious about starting to get you know in a position of, um, financial strength here and they want to work with us in a partnership. You may not feel <laughs> at that point that you're serious, but I can promise you it actually helps you to show that you are serious. And that was the next steps that took us from um, this. So once you get your number on your statement of position, the second number, and I'm not going to delve into details on this because this is where I want you to start delving with this. Um, the second number we had to work out is what was the number we thought we needed when we were looking to retire. And like that number for us came up a couple of years later when we were really working out in our new sort of financially educated space, because then you can reverse engineer from that point. But that's where you bring on a power team. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. One of the next steps is once you've regularly started to fill out your statement of position, once you've at least got your first one, I'm going to get you to get some support because I don't know anyone who has ever been truly successful in their life without some form of support. So we, since, as I said, since 2015, some of the steps that we took once we really got in control of where we were at, massive, we continue to work with this financial planner and 
this financial planner actually left and created his own business. And that was really, really cool for us because he created a business that deeply aligned with his values in the financial advice space. And I'm not going to say to you, go and get an advisor. What I'm going to say is seek support. And if one of the people you want on your power team, like we've got, is a financial advisor, there's a couple of things um, I want you to be really careful about with them. And this was really important to talk to my gutsy lady about because she had also heard some pretty horrible stories about people who had been using financial advisors and they lost money through that process. And I'm not going to go into detail about any like that because it hasn't been my experience. But if I'm going to bring in a financial advisor on our team, number one is that I want to know their backstory outside of what financial advice they give me. Where do they put their money? What's the sort of things they're in? So our advisor is doing things not just in managed funds. He's got a background with property. He's got a background with shares. And he was really transparent about the stuff that he's doing personally. This advisor is still on our team and he has been instrumental to help us. We call him our black hatter. We have, um, we've gone from monthly meetings with him down to quarterly meetings, but he is on our team now to you know we get we share all our plans and dreams and what we're doing and we seek his advice about what his opinion is about that some of the things we're doing he's shaked his head at sometimes but that's because we've also chosen to do some entrepreneurial financial things and I'll share more about that in another episode if that's what the feedback I get but we the second step is we chose to get some significant financial education and beyond so the biggest piece I say about that is that we chose to take full control of our own finances. And while we're using products through a financial advisor, we're also creating income streams by ourselves that do not use financial products, if that makes sense. Um, and I may be being a little bit obtuse here, but the reason I'm doing this is that I'm so conscious that in the financial advice space, you've got to be very careful. The thing is, my husband and I chose to spend literally tens of thousands of dollars over the last five to six years to educate ourselves in other means to create income streams. And the most important thing about that is that, yes, we've spent tens of thousands of dollars in this, but we have made hundreds of thousands of dollars in this. And I do not do this or say this to brag. I'm just telling you the choices that can start to come and made available to you when you start to take control. And it all started with get our statement of position ready. So, if you're going to bring on a financial advisor into your team because you've started to get control on what your statement of position is, the number one thing is to really shop around and find who is the right advisor for you and you are well within your rights to do this. Some of them will charge you an upfront fee um, and that's fine if that's who you want, but others will do more a discovery call process, like I suppose I do with my clients, and it's more a meet and greet and get to know each other and work out, are we going to be the right fit to create a relationship together? And that's what I see financial advice is all about, is creating a relationship. It's not about getting in and doing massive changes all at once. It's 
getting from a starting point, reverse engineering, working out what you want and doing it little by little. And that's been our experience. And I'm more than happy to share who our financial advisor is, but I'll get you directly contact me. Um, There'll be a link in the notes to be able to do that. But just recapping on on what this is all about, because as I said, the number one thing I want from this episode is to show you a path to take you from financial shame to financial dignity. And it all revolves around starting, getting a starting point, putting a line in the stand, doing something that may be feeling unfamiliar at this point, but knowing that this is all about starting to take control. Because when we feel like we are grinding in midlife, I have found it personally and with clients, it's because we don't have a plan. We don't have clarity. We're feeling stuck. And more often than not, we're stuck because we've got some really negative thoughts going on based on prior experience in our life. And some of your financial shame could be based around old behaviors with credit card debt or decisions you may have made in your 20s and 30s and 40s, and you haven't let go of what that identity is around that, even though in today's world, you would never even go and do that. But you haven't cleaned up your crap around it. So, you know, by all means, do, you know, download this template and get started. But make sure if there's stuff that's coming up all the time, and you realize that there's some negative thought patterns, book in for discovery call as well, so that we can really work out what's the next best steps for you around this financial dignity that you're wanting. Because at the end of the day, we are all seeking clarity and a plan to go from a grinding midlife into a gliding midlife. It's about, right, I'm, I'm at this point in my life now. I, I am owning it. I know exactly where I am and I now know what I want. Boom. So let's reverse engineer. Let's work out how we move backwards or how we plan from what our vision is and come to today and start to make beautiful little steps, little by little, to head us in the direction of what we're wanting in this incredibly beautiful part of our life. Because here's the rub, right? Even if you're listening to this and you are in your mid-60s, when you were born, the life expectancy of a woman in Australia, if you were born between 55 and 60, the life expectancy was 70 or under. Today, in 2023, the life expectancy of someone born around late 50s, um, 1950 and early 60s is over 83. So you have at least 20 years ahead of you, God willing, to actually make some pretty cool changes and create a life that you want. It is not over. It is far from over. And I can tell you, you can make so much difference in your life in just one month if you have a plan and you feel like you're in control and you have true clarity about where you're at and what you want. I promise you. Yep. I promise you. So I'm hoping this episode really stimulates some action and some comment. Please message me if it's brought anything up for you that you want to talk about or other topics around financial shame that you would like to know about. Have a cracking day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. Are you ready to recharge your life? Are you slipping towards burnout? Or maybe you're already there. (laughs) 
make sure you grab my free guide called Heal From Burnout and Recharge Your Life for some really actionable tips that I learned the hard way. Click on the link in the show notes of your podcast app. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who just may need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.